0: be seated. Well, good morning, Woven Covenant Church. You know what? I was sitting in the back today, and I was thinking to myself that I get to be the pastor of this congregation. And with gratitude um, and with love and just gratefulness, I'm really grateful this Advent season, this Christmas coming Christmas season, to serve as the pastor, to serve as the lead pastor. Um, And to just get the opportunity to encourage you week in and week out. So here's what we're going to do. The bell thing was cool, but what we're going to do now is put it on the floor. So all children, let's put it on the floor. Don't kick them. And until the end of the service, when we sing songs again, you can pick them up. But for now, there's a little bit of overstimulation. I can sense that I feel like I'm surrounded by this constant um, ringing noise. So uh, I'm going to keep today's sermon short but hopefully poignant, and, <laughs> and with all the ringing, I'd like for us to do this. Children, can you do this? Are you able to stay? I know in my house, I'm always like, be quiet. But this time, if we could really be quiet and close our eyes for 20 seconds, can you do that? For 20 seconds so that we can still our hearts and hear the voice of Advent and hear the voice of God during this time. So close your eyes and quietly and slowly count to 20. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband being righteous and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Behold, The virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means, God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This passage is today's designated verse from Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 to 25. And we see that this is the story about Jesus' birth and they decided to name him Jesus. Now the question is why did they name him Jesus when the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7 it says clearly that they will name him Emmanuel. Well the reason they call him Jesus and not Emmanuel is because Emmanuel is not really a name. It's kind of like a nickname. It's a name, a nickname that describes who this baby is going to be. If you saw a baby and you said, yes, that looks like a good, strong child, or that baby has a good set of lungs on her, or this child is going to amount to something wonderful, you give the child a nickname. For example, let's say I named one of you Speedy. Now, is that a real name? Not really. I think your parents wouldn't really put the name Speedy on your birth certificate, the reason you would be called speedy is why? Because you're fast. Right. It describes who you are. In the same way, Emmanuel describes who this baby is going to be. Emmanuel, like the word speedy, describes this child in three little Hebrew words. And those three little Hebrew words are Ale, which means God. Ale means God. So if you look... At that word, Emmanuel, those last two letters, E-L, means God. Before that, you have two letters, N-U, NU, which means us. So you have God and us in the name, in the nickname. And in between those two nouns, you have a little preposition that describes the relationship between God and us. So let's think, what's a good word to put between God and us? God on top of us? God below us? Prepositions describe temporal relationships or spatial relationships. Maybe you might say God inside of us. Does that work? God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? But the word and the preposition that's used here is with, im. Im is with, new, us, el is God. With, us, God is literally what Emmanuel means the with us God. Now, Hebrew grammar is jumbled around. It's not God with us, but they do it a little backwards. With us God. And those are the three words that I'm going to talk about and reflect briefly this morning. Let's start with that first word, with. Im. With. When I was about 21 years old, I was not with anybody. Um... Well, I was with people, but I was not with anybody in terms uh, romantically, and I was in that feeling of not with, I met somebody named Ashley, ironically, her last name at that time was Im, <laughs> with, and she lived across the country, and every opportunity I had to fly out and be with her 3,000 miles, and to be with her was really special for me because I got to be with somebody that I loved, somebody that was very special and dear to me. Every time we were not with each other, I felt the absence. This is the time of year, whether it's with a loved one, or whether it's with family, or whether it's just our lifestyle, that we feel keenly that sense of with. Either we feel with Or this is the time of the year where we feel the pain of being not with. For some reason, Christmas amplifies that. You might feel with and the warmth. You might feel not with, alone, lonely. And this is something that's quite normal for this time of the year. In fact, there's a theological principle, I'm speaking to the grown-ups here, called presence but also absence. This is the time of the year where we experience very keenly the presence, but also the absence. The presence of God, but the absence of God. But also in our relationships, we feel the presence and the absence. And so the, by the way, when I say presence, I don't mean Christmas presents. More specifically, that's presence with a C. So if you can pull up that application, here's the fill in the blank. The application is practice the presence. This is the time of the year to practice the presence. Not presence, you can practice that if you so wish, presence with a T, but specifically what I speak of is presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, which means being with people. Practice being with people because being alone is sometimes, uh, well, it makes it feel, it makes it harder. Now, you might ask me, how do I be with people? I want to be with people This is easier said than done. How do I be with people? And we'll talk about that at the end of today's sermon. We'll talk about that at the end. But this whole idea of being with, being with, I'll just leave it there. This is what we're talking about. Practice the presence of God. In this new year, increase your conscious contact. Commit to living in a a growing awareness that God is present. But not just the presence of God, practice the presence of people. Be with people. Be with people. So that's the first fill in the blank and the first application. But we move on from there. With who? Us. That's the second word. This is the second word and the second part. With us. God is with us. I'm going to look at verse 18. And it says, before Joseph and Mary came together, she was already found to be with child. So going back to when I was first in my early 20s and I was together with Ashley, I remember one time we were in a horse carriage in Central Park around this time of the year. And it was really sweet. But imagine what it would have been like if I was like, I'm so happy to be together with you. It's just you and me. And she said, I'm sorry to tell you this. This is going to take you by surprise, but there's three of us. And I'm thinking in my mind, who is this stranger? Who is this stranger that I don't know, that's not mine, that's inside Mary's womb? Imagine Joseph's shock. Who is this alien? Who is this other? Who is this person that's not mine, that's a foreigner? Yet somehow, through life and getting the chance, just like I get to be pastor, Joseph got to be dad to this little boy Jesus. Jesus. And as he got to be dad to this little boy, eventually this little boy would become son and maybe even one day friend. This little boy, who started out as somebody totally other, somebody from somewhere else, would become one of us. One of us. Now, children, let me ask you this question. When you think of God, and by the way, the the skit that was right on the retreat, that's coming up in February, I hope all of you can make it, is going to be themed on that same superhero theme. So keep your superhero costumes. But let me ask you, as you were talking about God this morning in your skit, who is this God? Well, let me ask you what God is like. Do you think God is like us, children? No? What is He like? What are some words that would describe God? Yes? Powerful. God is powerful. What else? Almighty. Anything else? So are you powerful and almighty? So he's not like us. And that's what we're talking about here. How can we relate to this baby Jesus if he's not like us? He's from another planet or he's from heaven. He's got superpowers. You know what God is almost like? God is almost like a doctor That has very cold hands He's very powerful And the doctor can heal you The doctor Whatever illness that you have Whatever sickness that you have The doctor is 100% able to heal you But He's scary He's all powerful But he's not like us When I go to that doctor I'm scared he's going to touch me Because his hands are icy cold So what do you do? You say, I'm going to seek a second opinion. And so you go to another doctor who says, you, you, have, you, have, you have this. I know exactly what that feels like. The doctor is warm and 100% empathetic. And the doctor says, I know your pain. I know what that feels like. I'm so sorry, but I can't help you. I can't heal you. So on the one hand, you have a doctor who is 100% able to heal you. But on the other hand, what you have is a doctor who's 100% able to understand you. What we have in Jesus is one of us, somebody who became like us, who is 100% able to heal you. This is the fill in the blank in the doctrine. 100% able to heal you, but 100% able to understand you as well. God wasn't content to be far away in a castle, He had to become like us so that he didn't just have icy hands but so that he could fully understand each and every one of you completely in your joys, in your sadness, in your weakness, in your strengths to fully understand your human experience. 100% God and 100% like us. This is who God is. With us, and the third word is God. He is with, He is is with us, and He is God. And this is the third and last reflection. In verse 21, look at verse 21 now. For it is He, God, who will save His people from their sins. It is He who will save us. From our sins. Any honest person, not even a moral, before morality, let's talk about a person that at least can look in the mirror and see themselves. Any honest person will see that I need saving from myself. When I'm left to my own devices, I harm myself and I harm other people. And it takes a bit of honesty. It is he who can save us from ourselves, from our sins. And it says specifically, who does he save? His people. It is he who will save his people. And so, coming back full circle to this word with, are you with or are you alone? How do we experience being with? How do I join the family so that I can be called one of his people that he will save? I'm going to share with you in closing four little words. The process of faith. The process of faith begins with two words. We came. We and then came. How do we practice the presence of people? We practice the presence of people by simply showing up. Church on Sunday mornings sometimes is hard to wake up to to attend and I'm the pastor. But what we do is we bring ourselves and we came but in the process we came to that's the third word. And expecting to be grumpy and we showed up to church and we sat down and somebody put their arm around you and said how's it going? And you said, oh, "I'm kind of grumpy today. I'm tired." And I just dragged my body here. But in the process, as we began to spend time among other people, it's almost like smelling salts. You know what smelling salts are? Smelling salts are what boxers use. And for boxers, if they go a couple of rounds and get hit in the face a couple of times, and the bell rings and the boxer sits down in the corner and he's like, I just want to give up. I'm just kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to show up. I don't want to stand up for the next round. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. But somewhere the coach comes with some smelling salts and puts it in front of his nose. And if you've ever smelled it, it snaps you awake like this. Has anybody ever smelled smelling salts? You have? I've never done it. But it has this kind of, I don't know what it is. Is it like really strong wasabi or something in there? What is it? Ammonia. Yeah. And once you smell it, it wakes you up and all of your head is clear and you're ready for the next round. I think fellowship and being with people, being with people is like that. I can't tell you how many times I didn't want to show up. But simply by coming out, we came. In the process, I found that I came too. The smelling salts, the ammonia cleared my head, and I found that I was able to think clearly again. And that introduces the last word in the process of faith. We came to believe. I don't know what you believe about Christmas. I don't know what you believe about God this time of the year. Maybe that's why you don't want to go out. Maybe that's why you want to be alone. Maybe that's why you don't want to deal with the family issues or deal with some of the inner pains that we have. This is the time of the year that we'd rather isolate and alienate and be not with. But in the process of coming out, we came to. And gradually we came to believe. Friends, Faith is not an isolated experience. It grows in the presence of community. Faith is nurtured in the garden and in the soil that is held in, that is rooted together with other people, and it is there with we grow strong. We came to believe. God, not with me. God with us, the community of believers. So, in closing, this Advent, this Christmas season, be with, be with. Practice the withness. Practice the presence of being present. Practice the presence of people. And yes, practice the presence of God. Raise your conscious contact with God and your awareness with Him all throughout the year learn to be comfortable in the discomforting in the discomforting learn to pray through the discomforts of life and to practice serenity be with and most importantly be with others be with and so i encourage you be together go out to eat have people over coffees lunches do things together amen Lord Jesus, show us the way to be present. We have a tendency to want to isolate or to alienate or to be by ourselves, alone in our own world. I know that for me, sometimes I just want to say, I've got this. I don't need to bring you into my life, God. But help us, God, to let you come in by just being with other people. God with skin on is what I call it. God with skin on. When I'm with other people, I feel encouraged because it's like being with God with skin on. Practice the presence of people because God will speak through others to you. At this time, are you struggling with loneliness? Are you struggling with A sense of absence more than presence? Is there someone you are missing this holiday season? Is there a broken relationship? Are there heart wounds that seem to come back every Christmas? Pray with me if that's the case. Holy Spirit, I invite you. Come protect me. Mend my heart strengthen my relationships. Help me to stop being alone. Help me to love others. And help me to know as I am known. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a Woven Church Podcast. Woven Church is a multi-ethnic, missional church that meets in West Houston. We invite you to check us out on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. To find out more, visit us online at www.wovenchurch.org. That's www.wovenchurch.org.